everybody. It's Jason McLaren with the Leadership Loading Podcast, and today we're talking about leadership and growth with Tyler Robertson from Diesel Laptops, and we'll talk some more about Diesel Laptops and what they do over there. But Tyler's the founder and CEO, and he hosts the DL Podcast, uh, quitting his job after seven tough seven years ago and starting Diesel Laptops and uh, fixing the problem with diesel diagnostic jobs. So kind of what we're talking about in the, with the audience and, and you know, moving from one job to another or or quitting your job and building your own business, kind of going from there. Uh, so Tyler, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, man. And it's, uh, thanks for the introduction. And yeah, it's been a, been a crazy ride. It was, I think I'm a lot like your audience in the beginning. I was working for somebody else and doing a thing and I had no outside funding. It was in my garage and, you know, we went from zero revenue and no employees to over 200 and over 70 million a year in revenue. So it's, it's gone really fast. Definitely. Can you, can you tell us what you did before? Yeah, so I've been I've known this space of commercial truck repair forever for the last 20 years. So I always tell people I work for other people. I made them a lot of money and solve a lot of problems for them. And I just saw a lot of opportunity. And when you're when you're inside a niche like that, you kind of start to see issues and problems. And I just started real simple. I didn't even have my own products to start with. I just bought other people's stuff and kind of bundled it together and, and sold it to, to solve an initial problem. And it was really that easy. And, and that's kind of how most businesses start. Like, what problem are you going to solve? And, and just like with podcasts, you have a podcast and this podcast. And what problem are you trying to solve? And that's that's kind of the goal there. And you can do that with any business you have. And I think a lot of people, whether whether they're looking at a new job or a new career or starting a business, they can take that their hobby or whatever it is and take that problem and solve it. A hundred percent. I mean, I know two other local business owners that. Both had a small problem. One had a problem on his Toyota pickup truck. Now he has a business that does a couple of million dollars a year in revenue. I know another guy that had a problem with his washer and dryer and circuit boards and figured out how to fix them. And now he does tens of millions of dollars in revenue. So there's so much opportunity out there. You just got to kind of have your eyes open and look at things a little bit different through a different lens. And if you're having that problem, somebody else probably has that problem. A lot of people probably have that problem. And it's entrepreneurs like us that come to the rescue and bring new products and services to the market. And so yesterday I had a guest on and, and uh, uh, her episode will air right before yours. You're, you're in line. Um, so if you're listening to this now, you can go back and listen to it. But she was talking about working in your business rather than on the business. And uh, I was on your Twitter uh, earlier today and I saw you had uh, retweeted something about that. Uh, so can you expand on that and, and why people need to work in and yeah. yeah, 100%. So, you know, I work for my family for years and work for other businesses. And I think a lot of people that are working somewhere, most companies kind of get stuck at a certain threshold. There's a revenue number they hit, and that's just kind of where they've been at for the last five, six, seven, 10 years. Maybe they grow at two or 3% a year, something minor. And I was in the same place. Like we grew like crazy. We were on the Inc. 500 list and 5,000 list, fastest growing companies. And then like 2018 hit and, and things kind of just slowed down. It was just really sporadic. We have great months, horrible months, great months, horrible months. And it was just kind of flat when you looked at it. And what it really ended up being was we stopped working on the business. We stopped making it better and really focusing on why are we here? What are the strategic goals? What's our plan? How are we going to get there? We were just dealing with putting on fires. And um, like we always say here, we were worried about making the sausage. We weren't worried about like how to make more sausage or better sausage. It was just doing the same thing every day. And we got caught putting in, putting out fires and we call that growing pains. And I think every company, if you're one person or 200 people or a thousand people, you hit certain levels and you really got to have the right infrastructure and people around you 
to start making the company and in the right direction. Everyone needs to know which way to row the boat. If you're all rowing the boat, it's probably going nowhere. You got to give them rowing boat the same way. And that was honestly, I look back at it now. That was one of the most difficult things we did is how do we get 150 people here to understand the goals and missions of the company and line up everyone so we can keep growing. And it took us a while to get there, but I can tell you now we're in year seven of business. We're growing at, even at our revenue numbers, we're growing at 40% year over year. That's faster than we've ever grown before. And it just took us getting the right people, processes, systems, and the thinking down in order to do that. Definitely. You talked about putting out fires. I work in the facility management uh, industry in my full-time job. And sometimes people will say, I'll, I'll be like, how's your day going? You know, and I say, oh, just putting out fires. Well, then I, I take that as an opportunity to say, well, we need to maybe talk about that because putting out fires is not a good thing <laughs> uh, because you want to make sure that you're uh, being predictive and, and, and doing preventative maintenance and that sort of thing and, and trying to get ahead of the game rather than responding all the time. Otherwise, you can not only uh, as a frontline employee get burned out, but as a leader in the organization get burned out uh, because you're just mentally burned out by the end of the day, just trying to make all these micro decisions and, and go from there. Uh, so can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I work with a lot of, you know, strategic partners and vendors and customers, and I, I see it. You walk in there, it's really evident. You got the CEO worrying about like the front desk and the receptionist area. Like that is not your job. And it's really hard as a founder CEO of a company to not do those things. And I had to learn, I was the bottleneck. I was the problem. I was the one that was trying to do everything. And I had to learn to give up control. And that is so hard for a lot of people to do. And someone told it to me the right way. They go, Tyler, you just need to realize they're not going to do it your way. In fact, they're probably going to do it a better way if you're given the opportunity to do it. And they were absolutely right. And it's really hard to give up control of your company and control. Like, I don't know what goes on day to day in my own company. I have no clue. And I can't. I can't know that stuff and worry about what the next five years of my company is going to look like and do the things I need to do to keep the company moving forward. You can't, you can't be everything in your company. You have to have people you can hire and you can trust. And that was a big, it was a big thing for me to actually pay people more salary than I was paying myself to, to bring them into the company. But I look back at it now, I'm like, man, that was the best thing I did. I should have done that years ago. I, I, it took me a long time to get the, get the right mindset there. And it, it can be very, very difficult for a lot of people to understand that. And I tell all our managers now, the best thing you can do for me is work yourself out of a job. Get your department working so great where you don't even need to be here then I will promote you and bring you to the next place. Like that, that is your mission. You want to get promoted, work yourself out of a job in your current, in your current role. Yeah. It's all about hiring those that, that make you better and being able to support them, you know, hiring those subject matter experts that can, can bring those skills. And, and I'm the same way, you know, people ask me, well, how does this work or what's going on here? And I'm like, I don't know. I have a guy for that. And, you know, I can call him and find out, but you know, I don't know everything that's going on every single day. In the organization. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I got my dashboards and I get my daily cash reports and daily sales reports. And I, I keep a, you know, a pulse on it the best you can, but you got to go trust. Like I got great sales managers. They're going to go increase my sales. My job's not to go to the salespeople. My job is to the sales manager at the beginning of the year and say, Hey man, we need to grow 30% this year. How are we going to do it? And you can't do that January 1st. You got to do that six months before that. So you can plan for it. So you can hit on January 1st and start going. Um, so it, it, different mind thinking, you got to put some processes in and I'm, I was anti-consultants, anti-help. I thought I knew everything and could figure it out. I can tell you on the other side of it now, like I, I pay a lot of people, a lot of money to consult, to give me advice, to give me opinions, professional services, because I've realized how important that is in my business in order to get where I want to get to. Yeah. And 
uh, like you said, surrounding yourself with the people that can can lift you up. Um, so before you get to that stage, so obviously when you started your, your company, you probably didn't have a, a huge staff. So what were some of the hurdles you faced then? Yeah, I mean, I was a staff of one. It was just me and my, my crash and tiny room table. So I was sales. I was the guy putting things together. I was the guy shipping them. And I was tech support. I, I was doing it all. Um, and I can tell you those, those first years are, are really, really tough uh, because you don't have brand recognition. You're scrounging for every sale. You're looking for every opportunity. And you're just trying to, trying to figure things out. And that can be very, very difficult. Um, I remember the first person I hired, um, he was actually an 18-year-old. Um, he had just done with high school. He's working on a local pizza subway store. Didn't, didn't really know what he was doing with his life. And now he's our director of operations and one of the most highly respected people in our company. But he, we had to bring people in and I had to start showing him things. And I was really fortunate that I worked in this industry before. I knew people that I worked with shoulder to shoulder for 10 years. So I could bring in and come work for me. And I was also really fortunate to find good people that have been with the company since the start. So there, there's a lot to that. And, um, you know, our mindset's always been different over here. Our, our mindset's never been, hey, let's go make a business to go make a bazillion dollars. Our mindset's always been, let's go solve some people's problems and figure out how to make money afterwards. And I think beyond the fact that customers appreciate that, the employees get it too. It's more of a, a cause. Like, why are we doing this? Well, not just to make money. There's a reason we're doing this as a company together. So it's really tough in those first years though to get people that believe in you, believe in the mission. Um, I just did a post on LinkedIn. I mean, I, I hired, I had to go convince someone I worked with for several years. Like I needed help in tech support. And I had to go convince someone to leave their job at a secure company, come work for me for less money. And by the way, I have no benefits to offer you and you're working in my garage. And you know, she did. But you get people like that that believe in your company and why you're doing things. Those people are invaluable and you got to treat them as such. And you got to keep, make sure they're happy and they understand and, you know, make sure they're coming along, not just, not just for the ride, but they're a part of the whole journey that we have going on here at these laptops. I agree. You know, making that situational leadership or, or servant leadership, kind of what you did there and, and making sure that people have what they need and, and they can move forward and go, go on. Um, so on your website, you, you claim you have the red carpet carpet treatment. Let's talk about that and how treating your customers, um, you know, with that red carpet carpet treatment moving forward and how you can be uh, better customer service oriented when you're having a, a company. Yeah. So, I mean, our product that we sell, we sell it differently than all our competitors and all our competitors do the, hey, pay this by the month or by the year. And when you don't like it anymore, stop paying, but you lose access. Well, as a business, you love that model, right? Because I got guaranteed revenue coming in. As a customer, and I know I'm a customer too, I hate that model. Like, I don't want to go spend, and this is the way my, our market was, is customers had to go spend five to $7,000 up front, and then they had to go pay $2,000 a year to keep that thing working. I'm like, that really sucks for customers. Like, you're just telling me, I, if I don't do, pay you $2,000 the rest of my life a year, I have a brick that's unusable. Like, that doesn't seem fair to me. So our philosophy to go to market was, hey, we're going to go to market and we're going to tell customers, look, yeah, you're, there, there is still a pretty good upfront fee here, but our support and our updates and all these things you get with us are optional. You don't have to pay for them. And that really allowed us to blow by all of our vendors. And people are like, man, Todd, it's a horrible model because you don't have guaranteed revenue. I'm like, you know what? If I don't go earn that business every year, then I don't deserve it. So I'm not going to tie a customer to a contract. I'm going to tie them to like, I'm going to provide you great service, great products. You're going to want to pay me this money every year to keep getting these services because I'm saving you time and money. And if I don't save you time and money, you should stop paying me immediately. You don't need to. And by the way, your thing will still work. 
right? So that's been our mentality. And, you know, I can say, yeah, we don't have 100% renewal rates, um, but we have a lot of happy customers that keep buying. And every year as we've gotten better and better, provided more products, more services, and we are just ultra focused on take care of the customer. We're not worried about these little one-offs or little issues, guys, this problem, like just take care of the problem. Don't worry what it costs us. Take care of the problem, make the customer happy. There's only so many customers in our B2B space that are going to buy these things. They have to have a great experience. If they, if they have a great experience, we already know we sold them a great product. They will be our customers for life. It is our competitors are going to have such a difficult time taking these customers away from us. They're not going to have any clue how to do it. So let's just do those two things and we'll be around for a long time and our revenue will just keep taking off. And I can tell you seven years in, that is absolutely the case. Our customers are renewing. They love our support. They love our services. They don't have to buy those things every year, but they need them and they want them and they know we're going to take care of them. So that's our philosophy is put the customer first. Yeah, and it's all about if you put the customer first, they will, like you said, keep coming back. And, and um, the ones that don't choose your product again, you, you, know, you make it up on the other sales. And I can't tell you all the stuff that I have with facilities, how much proprietary software we have with, with things. And it's just, like you said, I just have to renew that contract everywhere here. And even if I'm not happy with the service. Yeah, no, and it's, it's a real differentiator on the sales end of it. And it builds, builds huge customer loyalty. And the fact is if that customer has a problem today, and I know, I know if we solve that problem and they have it, I know they're going to love us forever. And the fact is when you provide a great service and a great product, price doesn't become an objection anymore. They don't, that doesn't matter anymore, especially in the B2B world, right? So they're like, oh, I, you're $500 more. Who cares? I get all these other things with you guys. And I know you're going to take care of me. And that speaks volumes in the marketplace. So we sell a lot of products that other companies sell as well. We just bundle our things around it. And I can tell you, we sell our stuff for 30, 40, 50% more than our competitors do. And we don't lose deals to our competitors. Actually, the ones that do end up going with the, the other guy, they usually call us a couple months later asking how they can switch because they really need these services and products that we offer. So it, it's, it's fine. And we want to be the premium product in the marketplace. You can't, you can't be the cheapest guy, provide the best service and the best product and the best price. Like you can't, you can't do that. You got to pick and choose, pick two of the three, not all three. Yeah. Sometimes on LinkedIn, I'll joke around and I'll, if I see something that's like a piece of a building that's falling apart and I say, this is what you get when you go low bid. Yeah. I, I mean that it really comes down to price, product and service. Pick, pick two of the three, even better pick one, pick one and you'll, you'll do, you'll do really good. And we've made that, we've put that stake in the ground. I mean, we raise our prices every single year, regardless if we get price increases from, from our vendors and suppliers, we're raising our price every year and it hasn't slowed us down at all. Um, in fact, our sales volume keeps going even higher and higher. So it price, it becomes a, such a little objection if customers understand the value that you're providing them for your product and service. All right, Tyler. So if you had one leadership mantra or tip for your team at your at diesel laptops, uh, what would it be? Yeah, it all starts with your employees, man. Like I, I can tell you, uh, it's like that subservient leadership, right? Like just take care of your employees. I was an employee from somebody before. And there was times I didn't like the way I got treated. I didn't want to work there anymore. And I wasn't happy going to work. And I know I wasn't working there anymore, right? So I know if I treat my employees that way, they're not going to be there. I want them to be important. I want them to feel a part of the team. I want them to feel they're a part of something bigger than just this eight to five job that they have every day. So it really comes down to that. And I can say my experience, every time I've gone into an organization that has been kind of in disarray and not doing well, they usually have high turnover. The departments and companies that don't have high turnover are usually executing very, very well and succeeding in life and things that are going on. So that's really uh, the one thing I'd say is you got to treat your employees like they're an asset, not a liability. 
And too many people get caught up in their expense, their whatever. Totally wrong mindset. Treat it the other way. You'll be amazed at what can happen. Definitely. All right. Well, if someone wanted to reach out to you and, and, and hear more about diesel laptops or your, your leadership skills, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So LinkedIn, if they go on LinkedIn and search for Tyler Robertson or Tyler Diesel, I've been posting on there, I think, pretty much since day one of me being on this journey. So you can go through all seven years of history if you want. And I still post on there constantly about our growth, business, leadership, marketing, challenges, wins, all these things. Um, the other place, if you want to learn more about the diesel industry, uh, diesellaptops.com. I can tell you, if people are listening to this. I'm going to give just kind of two, two career tips here for people. Number one, diesel technicians, you can go make 100 grand a year really quick being a diesel tech with minimal investment and minimal time and software developers. Man, I mean, we're hiring software developers out of boot camps, paying them 40, 50 grand a year, and they're making 80, 90, 100 a couple of years later. So two great career paths. And there's, there's a million more of those things out there like that. But just want to throw that out there. Great. I'll put all the social media links in the show notes for everybody. Well, Tyler, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, always a great time. Thank you much, Jason. Talk to everyone next time. There are thousands of leadership and management podcasts to choose from. We're glad you chose the Leadership Loading Podcast, a Go Heroes production. If you'd like to support Go Heroes Inc., visit www.goheroes.org. And with that, it's time to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We sincerely hope you liked it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and friends. Let's all grow together. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Loading Podcast. Leadership Inspired.